Before we begin, a content warning. This episode contains explicit language and mentions of racial discrimination. The first Asians in America were the Filipinos. They arrived in California in 1587 on a Spanish galleon ship. Jamestown, the first English colony, was founded in 1607. My people were the first one here, and we don't even know it. That's Samantha Fajardo, a freshman at Oakton Community College in Des Plaines, and a first-generation Filipino-American. Like Samantha, I had no clue the history of Asians in America stretched so far back. That is, neither of us had any clue before meeting Albert Chan, a social studies teacher at Niles North High School and Niles West High School in Skokie. Chan said he teaches one of the few Asian American Studies high school courses in the country. Fajardo knew she needed to take Chan's class from the second she met him when he visited her junior year U.S. history class. When he, he walked into the room, he had like this glow, kind of like an angelic glow to me. Fajardo immediately rushed to her counselor's office after the presentation. And I'm like, sign me up for this class. I need to be in this class. Like, you don't understand. I have to be in this class. Like, I don't care if I take it second semester, as long as I'm in this class. From the Daily Northwestern, I'm Yuming Fu. This is Defining Safe, a podcast looking at the intersection of identity and student life at Northwestern. Today, we'll be looking a couple miles out from Northwestern to Chan's classrooms at Niles North and Niles West High School. It took Chan a decade to get the school's administration to sign off on the Asian American Studies class. When he originally pitched the class in 2005, it was met with very little support. Nobody really knew what it was. People thought, oh, well, we already have that. We teach world history. Um, We teach about Chinese people in China. We teach Chinese history. We teach Japanese history. We teach like all this stuff like that's Asia focused. We don't need an Asian American studies course. And I said, well, that's not really what this is. Chan walked me through what his semester long Asian American studies course really is. The course starts with a unit on identity and critical race theory before moving into different waves of Asian American immigration and then concluding with Asian American activism and present day issues. 10 years after Chan's original pitch, he proposed the class again, this time in collaboration with his colleague Pankaj Sharma. This time the class was approved. He walked me through the reasons this class was important. We have a lot of students who are talking about the Asian American experience. We have 35 to 40 percent Asian students in, in the District 219 and Niles North and Niles West. This would be a great class to show some representation, but talk about things that are never typically in a U.S. history course. Sharma and Chan first had to write a pitch to the school board and then had to develop a whole curriculum, creating units and calling resources in order to gain departmental support. They had no other Asian American studies curriculums to turn to. No textbook, no guidelines. In 2016, Niles West still didn't move forward, but Niles North finally approved the course. So it it was a long process to sort of even get there.
Chan is the only Asian social studies teacher at Niles West High School and one of two at Niles North. In his class, he said it's important for him to build connections with students because many high schoolers have never seen an Asian social studies teacher before, despite the fact that over a quarter of the district students are Asian American. So for me to be able to connect with students is super important because I can sort of like, I don't know, motivate them, right? Or inspire them that there's something out there for them that talks about their unique experience that they really don't have a space to do. Um, They don't have a space for that. Chan also grew up in District 219 and attended Niles North. In the classroom, he said he discusses microaggressions and bullying he faced growing up to validate the experiences of his students who likely have experienced similar things but stayed silent. For example, he told me a story about a time when three kids approached him on the playground and started rubbing dandelions into his shirt. And I said, oh, stop. Like, why are you, why are you being a jerk, right? I was like in fourth grade or something. And um, the kids, all, they're all white kids, you know, and they left and they said, why do you care anyway? You're yellow anyway. You're yellow anyway. I'm like, what? Although deeply personal, Chan said it's incredibly important for him to share his experiences. So when I share those personal experiences with my students, right, as, as a child and even now when I hear things, right, I think it's super powerful for, to, for them to hear it from me because it happened to me and I'm Asian and I have an Asian face, right? And I'm sure many of them also experience things, maybe not the same thing, right, but experience things that they can relate to that. Kiana Kinmotsu, a senior at Niles West, took Chan's course the first semester of her senior year. She said she really appreciates the little things Chan does to connect with his Asian students and make them feel welcome. You know, we're able to talk about what did you have for Thanksgiving? You know, not every family has stuffing, mashed potatoes and turkeys. You know, there's it's a variety of things. And so little things like that, like those little senses of inclusion really do add up. But Chan's class doesn't just provide a welcoming space for students. It's also given them a springboard for their passions. Mr. Chan's class definitely gave me a voice. Fajardo said she first learned the term fetishization in Chan's class. She was outraged when she learned about Afang Moi, the first known female Chinese immigrant to the United States. Traders took Moi from her home in Guangzhou in 1834 so that she could be displayed as the Chinese lady in front of hundreds in New York. Men would stare at her for hours. And that was when I realized this is fucked up, like this is wrong. And then I really, I connected the dots to my own life and saw that, oh, there are some guys who told me, oh, I have yellow fever and started talking to me just because I was Asian. Fajardo said the class inspired her to spread awareness on social media and engage with organizations like the HANA Center to empower Asian Americans. The passion that grew within me was ridiculous. Like, I did not stop. Like, I would continue to do my Asian studies homework in other classes. I would tell, like, my best friend. He would have, like, this expression to him whenever I talk about this class. He's like, he's never seen me, like, this passionate about something. And I've been in, like, a lot of stuff and a lot of activities. Like Fajardo, Kenmotsu felt a fire lit under her. I think taking this course really opened my eyes to all the power, like all the powerful leaders that we have. She said Chan's class taught her about innovative, accomplished, and trailblazing Asian Americans in all different fields. 
And that knowledge inspired her to have conversations with her peers about her perspectives. That's one of the reasons why I'm even doing this now. It's not in my comfort zone. She said that in reference to the fact that she was willing to do this interview. But I know that I have power. And I think that's something I didn't fully realize just how much power I had and how much of an impact I can have. That was one of the highlights, you know, of this whole year was just seeing the impact that I made, that strong, you know, particularly Asian women are able to have. While speaking with Chan, I learned about Asian American figures obscured by traditional textbooks. I learned about Bengali community activists in Harlem, about Susan Ann Cuddy, the first female gunnery officer in the U.S. Navy, and about Larry Itliong, a Filipino-American union leader who led the Delano Grape Strike, and about Yuriko Chiyama, a Japanese-American who cradled Malcolm X at the time of his assassination. Hearing all this history I myself never learned enraged me. Growing up, I never spoke for my needs because I never saw Asian Americans leading or taking charge. I was finally able to, to begin to see a full picture. And that was a big deal because it's shifted the way that I even live in my daily life in the sense that I'm able to feel so much pride. Chan's students continue to rave about him in the class. He is one of the very, very best teachers. As a person, he is so kind, and just the perspective he brings into a classroom is so open-minded. Like Kenmotsu, Fajardo deeply appreciated her teacher. He felt like a friend. Like this man, he is not afraid to like tell his weird stories from like college and stuff. He even admitted like he dressed up as Sai once at a school assembly. Wasn't afraid to show us a video and stuff. And he was just caring. Like if you're having a bad day, he'll like come up to you. If you tell him something exciting that happened to your life, he'll like radiate the same energy, but like 10 times more. And he's definitely a teacher I will remember for the rest of my life. Fajardo said she always knew she wanted to be a teacher, but taking Chan's class made her want to become an Asian American studies teacher. While Chan has inspired many, he said he still isn't able to connect with his students as much as he would like, especially at Niles West, where Chan only teaches first period. He then goes straight to Niles North, where he teaches from third period onward. So it takes me 15 minutes door to door to get in from desk to desk. The sobering reality is that Chan is one teacher, teaching one of the only Asian American studies courses for high schoolers in the country. And sometimes, he said, it can get a little lonely not being able to bounce ideas off of colleagues. Even Sharma, who Chan created the Asian American Studies course with, doesn't teach the class himself. It's hard for me to even, like, to tell him, I'm like, hey, this worked really well today. This was an awesome discussion. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, I don't have those discussions because I teach these other classes. Chan also said he still feels out of place at larger social studies teachers' conferences because most teachers still don't understand what Asian American studies is. But what's more depressing is that not, nobody really cares, right? Unless they're Asian teachers themselves, which then there are few. Chan was particularly disturbed at one of his conferences when a world history teacher from another district presented graphic organizers with anime style illustrations 
and said his Asian students would probably enjoy them the most. Chan was fed up. So I stood up to make my presence known. I didn't say anything. I just stood up. I'm like, hey, I'm an Asian guy in the audience, right? I don't think that was fun. I didn't think that was funny. I, I didn't say that, right? But that was sort of my intent. And then I left. Just walked out of the room. Chan hopes for change. He hopes for more ethnic studies classes. And he hopes for more diverse curriculums that will teach the next generations a fuller picture of history. So I, I hope our conversation is a sign, right, that we're kind of going through like an Asian-American awakening right now. And I would hopefully call it one day like sort of a new Asian-American movement, an activist movement. For Chan, Asian-American studies is so crucial because it brings to light how Asians fit in with the American fabric today. We need to talk about these things and we need to have a reckoning about sort of our identity, our culture, our history. And we need to demand that we be a part of American history and sort of these discussions because we should be, right? And we have been here. But we also need to find our place as brothers and sisters with all people of color. From the Daily Northwestern, I'm Yiming Fu. Thanks for listening to another episode of Defining Safe. This episode was reported and produced by me, Yiming Fu. The audio editor of the Daily Northwestern is Madison Smith. The digital managing editor is Haley Fuller, and the editor-in-chief is Sneha Day.